0: The shots rang out in rapid succession. Symes, pouring through the door to the security checkpoint, lurched in different directions as the hail of bullets ripped through them. I had never seen so many before, as if the alarm had somehow galvanized them into a single task. As the first Symes fell, more poured through the opening. Closer and closer they inched, with us unable to withstand their assault, regardless of our armament. Then I heard a voice shouting in my ear. It was Brooks. Get inside the door, he said. I stood then, backtracking toward the door. The signs were relentless, slamming themselves through the opening to make their way to us. I felt my rifle make the definitive ping to notify me that I was out of ammunition. I grabbed a fresh magazine from my vest and loaded it in to keep fighting. Glancing to my right, a Syme had just jumped head first at Ford, one long arm and claws reached out and tore through his leg. He fell backward and cried out from the injury. Owens was there, though, blasting the Symes apart with his weapon. He grabbed Ford by the collar and began dragging him through the door. Brooks and I took position near the exit, offering cover for Owens as he got Ford to safety. Unfortunately, James had strayed from the doorway. Being drawn into the fight, he had moved away from the group. I tried to help him fight off the incoming Symes, but they overwhelmed him, piling on top, and I completely lost sight of him. Brooks tugged at my collar, and I backed in through the doorway. Getting to the other side of the door, we both pushed hard to force the steel door closed as fast as possible. The Symes were there, though. They reached in and grabbed Brooks. He resisted for as long as he could. But the arms, legs, tentacles all reached in and pulled him back into the room. Owens was there just in time to let off a rapid volley of bullets into the doorway, which caused the Simes to retreat back into the security room. It was just enough for me to shove the door closed. Ford was in the SEAL control room and hit the manual levers to lock the Simes in the security area. I breathed in deep, looking over at Owens, who also looked in shock at what had just happened. Ford rejoined us, getting out a first-aid kit and bandaging his injury from the Syme that lunged at him. We were safe, for now, but had lost two members of our team, including the one man I thought could provide us answers as to what was going on here. I don't know what hope the Enclave has now, now that the Symes have overrun the upper levels. "'Nor did I know how we would escape this place "'now that our only known exit had been sealed off.' "'Owens and Ford seemed to sense this, too, "'remaining silent and quietly contemplating "'what our next move should be. "'What do we do now, Ward?' said Owens, "'looking around the unfamiliar halls of the lower levels. "'Figured that was our only way out of here.' "'Ford looked up, interested to hear some sort of plan.' even if the situation seemed hopeless. I think we'd check out some of these rooms. Maybe the command staff had some sort of evacuation plan, I replied. You worked security though, right? Wouldn't you know if there was an evacuation plan? He asked. The question was simple, but to the point. The truth was that the company never liked to share details between departments, call it a heightened sense of paranoia, but they thought that any information sharing could lead to leaks of critical information. This even included where and when high-level executives moved around the facility, including during a disaster. You would think, I said. So many things were kept secret from us, far be it from me to actually be able to protect people, but they had other priorities, I guess. This is probably why the whole place fell apart when the Symes got out. No one knew what the person next to them was doing. Owens nodded, as if contemplating something he already knew. We all knew it, how screwed up the management was in the company. To take inventory again, see how much ammo we used, and if we lost any equipment, said Ford. A copious amount of ammunition had been used during the all-out assaults on the security room. Owens' plasma cutter had been completely abandoned so we would be restricted to doors that had suffered only limited damage down in these levels. Ford had used a generous amount of supplies to sanitize and bandage his leg. We split up the remainder of the first aid into all of our packs evenly, so that if any one of us fell, the others could still survive to some degree. We all stood then, double-checking our vests and packs to ensure everything was secure. I think we just need to keep moving. Check the rooms. Look inside the command quarters. Maybe there'll be some plans or clues as to what sort of backup escape routes they'd mapped out," I said at last. Lead the way, said Owens. The lower levels of the abandoned facility were much narrower and enclosed than the upper. Rooms were also very vaguely marked with words like Experiment 1 and Command 3. Several had been locked or barricaded, likely by people who found themselves completely entrapped by the sign infestation. We passed the old cafeteria, which was the only room that had windows that allowed someone from the hall to see in. It was readily apparent that there was nothing for us to find in there except inexpressible amounts of gore. Signs had not been kind to these people, who had undoubtedly been taken completely by surprise. Nearing the end of the long hall of locked doorways, We reached one labeled Command-8. Based on what I remembered, this would have signified a fairly high-ranking individual or group working within this room. Surprisingly, when I tried it, the door latch released. The door opened about a foot before pushing against a chair and other piled-up office furniture. Owens, give me a hand, I said, gesturing for him to help me push on the door. We managed to move and dislodge enough furniture to make the opening wide enough for us to enter. Immediately we were hit the stench of rotten flesh that we had unfortunately become accustomed to. There was no Simon here, just a person lying on the floor next to a computer station. They had a large section of their neck gouged out by what looked like massive claws. Ford cringed at the sight, rubbing his leg. and undoubtedly comparing this to his all-too-recent encounter in the security room. Oddly, the body had not completely decomposed in this room, what was several years having passed since the original event. The decontamination protocols running in this section must have helped preserve the body. They were wearing a military uniform, but much of it had been torn apart and destroyed. It looked like the Symes had tried to infect him after he was already dead. I moved to the workstation, which still appeared to be powered on. This person, whoever they were, had configured it to be unlocked with their credentials. The only thing remaining was a single file, a video log they had recorded about a week after the date of the cyan infestation. Ford and Owens, who had taken an interest in the unlocked computer, came up behind me to watch the video. The screen came up with a man in a military uniform probably in his mid-fifties. Behind him, the door had been barricaded, and he clearly looked like he had been through some extreme stress. It seemed reasonable to assume this video was taken after the facility had fallen to the Symes. He spoke then, sitting in a chair right in front of the computer. To whoever finds this recording, I don't know how else to express my extreme regret of having been a part of this project. My sympathies to you for making it here. You must have gone through hell to do it. There isn't much time left for me here. I've been barricaded in for about a week. But I'm out of what little supplies I kept in my office. Venturing out into the hallways is akin to suicide. Those things. They do something to people. They overwhelm you. There's no real way to fight back. They took most of the facility employees that didn't make it out. This is all because of that damned experiment. I don't care what the company thinks, like they could do anything worse to me than keep me locked in this place with those monsters. It's clear they are intent in abandoning everyone here. They remotely transferred all relevant research findings and then severed all communications to us after the outbreak. You need to know what we're dealing with. These creatures didn't just appear on their own. We were intentionally infecting people. The parasite, as we now know it, was dormant on this planet, locked away in an ice layer below the planet's surface. Early experimentation seemed to indicate mammal strength increase when tested on smaller animals. The company thought it could have a military application, some sort of soldier performance enhancement. It enhanced them all right. I don't think anyone anticipated the level of security and containment that was actually needed to keep this thing under control. They infected the first people, and it didn't take long from there for the outbreak to occur. We sealed the experiment rooms at first, leaving doctors and scientists inside the rooms with those things. They were transformed. Not a pleasant sight. I'll never get those images out of my head. They seemed mindless at first, Till instinctually, maybe, they started looking for ways out of the rooms, found some vulnerabilities in the ventilation systems, gained access to the hallways. By the time we realized it was happening, there was no escaping it. A few of us barricaded in here, tried to make a plan for escape, something about the waste disposal systems on this level. One of the survivors talked about how they worked down there. Large macerator machines that chewed apart equipment and moved it to the planet's surface. They could be disabled manually, and we could get out of here with the right equipment. Thought they could pass through the experimentation rooms at the end of the hall to the maintenance level. Only, they left the safety of this room to look for supplies, but never made it back. I... I think I might be the last person alive on this planet. The man on the screen took a drink from a bottle, sat for a moment as if reflecting on what he had said. Then a loud bang behind him made the man jump in the chair. A sim had pushed the door open slightly, reaching a clawed hand through the gap and screaming at him. The man turned back to the camera then. God help us for what we've done here. Please forgive us, he said. Then he reached up to the computer screen. the video cut out. The three of us stood in silence, looking from the screen to the body on the floor. It's unclear if he fought, though in the state he was in, it seemed like a hopelessness had consumed him as the Syme inevitably made it through the door. The three of us stood for a moment, taking in the video we had just watched. There was already a feeling of hopelessness among us, and this corpse, with final lamenting thoughts, didn't inspire any newfound confidence that we would escape this situation. Ward, do you think they may have made it out, like he said? I don't like the sound of it, a giant macerator. How are we possibly going to get through something like that, Owens asked finally. Not sure, but I don't think we have a choice. Ford, you think you could make it on your leg? I asked, I'll manage. Ford replied. I nodded, motioning for the others to follow me back through the gap. We returned to the narrow hallway, checking for any door that would lead us out of here. It wasn't until nearly the end of this section that we found one of the experiment rooms open. Taking positions on either side, Owens and I pushed the door open slowly, Ford covering the rear. We burst in, Owens taking the left side of the room, me on the right. We checked each corner, the length of the room, and possible hiding places. Ford came in behind, heading up the middle. When we were satisfied the room was clear, we began to take in the finer details of what the lab contained. There were several metal slabs in here in long rows down the center of the room. The fluorescent lights blinked randomly, going in and out, casting an eerie half-light in the room. A set of double doors that provided another exit to the room were located on the far side. Several of the slabs had bodies on them. Several others had been gruesomely flayed, destroyed beyond recognition. Ford covered his mouth, looking away from the destroyed cadaver on the slab nearest him. I looked over at Owens, who had taken an interest in one of the slabs on the far side of the room. Owens, what is it? I asked. This one, he said. It's a Syme, but also not. I didn't really understand what he meant. I walked over to have a look myself and looked upon a body that really was only half transformed. Skin partially morphed into the scaly appearance indicative of the Syme infection. The face, though, it was contorted into the all too familiar painful expression of a person going through the latter stages of infection. Owens was right, though. This was weird. I had never seen one only half transformed. The side of the body without transformation had an IV line leading to an empty bag with the characters EC-37 written on it. You think they were testing on this one? I asked. No clue but i would never seen one only half gone like this. I wonder if they found a way to slow down the infection. Only this one died while getting treatment, he supposed. A sound near the set of double doors cut the conversation short. Ford, who was still about 25 feet away from us, had raised his rifle in the direction of the noise. It seemed to be coming from somewhere above us. Owens and I also readied weapons, not sure what to expect. We moved closer to the door, hoping to secure some sort of exit if the room became hostile. Ford took the hint and also started to move. That's when it happened. A sign came bursting through the vent above Ford, landing right on top of him, its tentacles already protruding from its mouth. It consumed his face as he struggled to free himself from its grip. Owens and I took aim with our rifles but the surprise of the event had lost us valuable seconds to prevent the infection. Ooze seemed to flow around Ford's head as the cyme gripped him tightly around the face. We opened fire, blasting apart the creature that had taken our companion. Ford rolled over and began retching immediately, body contorting violently, skin starting to turn gray. The transformations were violent and quick. Ford got to his knees when he looked back up at us any sense of familiarity lost, eyes dark, unknowing. I saw in a single glance that he wasn't there anymore, a shell of a human that had been taken over by the parasite. Tentacles burst from his mouth, and he got to his feet and started for us. Owens froze, rifle raised, but he just stood there. I made the only decision there was, and I opened fire on Ford. He was blasted off his feet by the kinetic force of the rounds body crumpling into the wall away from us. We stood for a moment, looking at what we had done. The moment almost seemed as if it was frozen in time. It hadn't been the first infection we had witnessed, but it never got easier. Owens took a knee, face buried in his hand, silently reflecting on the loss of our companion. I stepped closer to Ford's body, retrieving his ID token. There wasn't anything else we could do for him the tokens continuing their infamous reputation, being the only remnant that ever returned of one of our fallen comrades. I walked back to Owens, who was still kneeling in silent reflection. Putting a hand on his shoulder, he stood, and we continued on, knowing that the double doors and further into the lower facility was our only chance now. Through them was another dimly lit room, This section was apparently some sort of lab. There were glass-holding tanks on either side, which were filled with grotesque specimens, most shockingly, as they appeared to still be alive. They resembled the Syme's tentacles, with something like a bulb structure at the bottom. Several long tendrils came off the bulb and seemed to be probing the glass. The horrible thought occurred to me that These were the raw specimens they were using on test subjects. There was no way they could be this cruel, inhuman, could they? An unsuspecting victim being put under anesthesia and then this infection inflicted upon them. This room also housed a refrigeration unit, undoubtedly holding more specimens or their medical supplies. Owens took interest in this immediately, heading over and motioning for me to follow. He grasped the release handle and looked back at me, confirming I was ready to shoot any scyme that may have been trapped inside. The door swung open wide, revealing a well-lit enclosure that housed several vials and bags of various chemicals and treatments. As the door started to move completely open, I spotted the threat, only it wasn't a scyme. A rifle raised and pointed right at me. I quickly lowered my rifle and put up my hands. Human! I shouted quickly. We're human out here! The man in the refrigerator lowered his rifle then. Thank God, he said, coming out slowly. He fell down just outside the doorway, going to his knees and taking deep breaths. Owens was there, grabbing his rifle and getting him to a chair. We gave him some water and a small amount of our personal rations as he started to calm down. What's your name, and how long have you been hiding in there? I asked after he collected himself. He shook his head then, as if trying to find the words. Too long. My name is Johnson. We were sent down here to find more supplies for the Enclave. All we found was signs. Coming down here is a suicide mission. Who would have thought? He said sarcastically. "'Yeah,' I replied in agreement. "'We've been finding that out as well. "'We had no idea anyone else was down here, "'told us we'd be the first to explore these levels, "'only we've been finding your guys' gear along the way.' Johnson chuckled, swearing under his breath. "'Of course they did,' he said. "'Probably thought no one would go on this mission if they knew. "'We managed to get into this experiment room without too much trouble. signs were strangely quiet.' Then they were everywhere, coming out from all directions. Me and one other guy retreated to this fridge, only he got ripped out of the room before I could get the door closed. I don't know how long it's been, a week? I ran out of rations a couple days ago. I thought to ask him where the rest of his team was, but knew it was a foregone conclusion. The science had been quick, efficient, and had undoubtedly added these men to their collective. I wondered how many of them we encountered in the security station leading down here. We did find something though, Johnson went on. So then they were doing down here. We think they were trying to undo the infection. Realize real quick they messed up infecting people with those things. I don't think they were able to complete their work though. The samples they created are in the fridge. He pointed back at the refrigeration unit at several bags that were hanging full of liquid from hooks on the far wall. I looked at Owens and then made my way up into the fridge. There were at least six bags of what we saw in the other room, full of clear liquid and labeled EC-37. Any idea what the stuff is? Could it cure a syme? I asked. Johnson shook his head. No, I don't think so. At least not based on the one in the other room there, he said. I looked back at the bags, wondering if there was some value in this. We may not have found food, but perhaps this research could have value for the enclave. I grabbed two of the bags, leaving the other four for future expeditions if we were to fail. I returned to the lab room where Owens had retrieved Ford's spare equipment and ammunition. Johnson was replenishing his own supplies, gearing up to come with us. You know anything about the maintenance section to get out of here? I asked him. He looked up and then pointed to the far side of the room, which was dark due to electrical failure and several of the fluorescent lights. I know there's a door on the far end there. Can't see it from here, but it's there. Should lead down there. We were going to continue our search when... He went silent again, but I understood. We think it's our only way out. You're welcome to come with us, or... "'Stay in the fridge. Up to you. But we're leaving now,' I said. "'I'm coming,' he replied. "'I don't want to spend another second locked in that thing.' We all got up then, resolved to press on and find the exit through the maintenance section. It was our only way out."